Good morning, Journey. It is good to be with you once again. Um, really, really excited um, about this morning and the sense that I get about what God is doing uh, right now. And uh, so as Gary has done a brilliant job in kicking us off in this series on the book of Acts, um, we're just going to continue to dive into it. And so, uh, again, we've been on this journey from Passover to Pentecost, and now we're just continually going forward with it. Um, and I'm excited because I think this is timely. And so I know I've said that often, but I'll continually say it because I think we are living in, in, in a moment um, where God is doing something very specific in every single one of us, but I think he's doing something very specific here at the journey as well, and in the greater sense of his whole bride. Um, so with that said, I just want to pray, and I want to invite the Holy Spirit in. So Father, we just come to you this morning, and um, God, we're jealous. We're jealous for you to come and move. God, we've, we've, we've seen how the systems of the world have tried to move, and sometimes, God, we've even put our hope in those systems, um, and they just don't make it. God, we're, we're, we're thankful for them. God, we pray for them. But, but God, at the end of the day, you are the one who brings about transformation. You are the one who brings about change. You are the one that's, that can see systemic issues in our world shift and change. And God, I thank you that you've called us for such a time as this. I thank you that you've called us for such a time as this. So Holy Spirit, come. Come even right now. We welcome you. Amen and amen. Um, Gary mentioned uh, last week that the book of Acts is sometimes called the Acts of the Apostles, but probably better yet could be termed the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that really should be the title of it, because as we walk through the book of Acts, we will continually see over and over and over God expressing himself through the Holy Spirit in and through the body of Christ. It's such a beautiful picture of God connecting through us, through what Jesus has done by his spirit to empower us to take the baton from Jesus himself and to see his plans and his purposes come to fruition on earth. And I know, wow, we live, again, it's been said a million times, but we live in some chaotic, crazy, unprecedented times. But I believe just as we are looking at the book of Acts and as the Holy Spirit is poured out onto the church to be a visible witness to the world, that God is doing that again. And as Gary said last week, it's not just a one-time thing. I believe that we have entered into an era of stepping into some things that God has preordained in his sovereignty for the church to rise up for the church to use its voice, for the bride to become the pure bride, the pure spotless bride, just like the pure spotless lamb who has one singular focus and that gazes on Jesus, but within that gaze has one specific calling, and that is to bear witness to Jesus on earth. Uh, this week I came across a, um, uh, a beautiful article 
Uh, you know, everybody knows what's going on in the world today. Specifically, you know, the states, things are highlighted about just all of the, the need for racial reconciliation and some of these underlying currents. And of course, this nation knows uh, prejudices and those kinds of things all too well, whether that be with people, politically, or whatever. And, and the reality is it's not just this nation. It's not just the states. It is around the world that God is moving and shaking as we've discussed before. But I came across this article, and it was beautiful because really the whole article was a dream. And it was a dream given to, to a guy I followed for quite some time. He's a, he's a trusted dreamer, if you will. He's a trusted prophet of God. And I just want to give this one quote that he's giving out of this because I believe it's timely. He says this, Out of the chaos right now, God is planting his heart and giving his voice to a new breed who will see through his eyes and are moved through his heart. Come up higher. Come up higher and see. Watch your tongue, put a guard on your heart, and see his planted promises with eyes of faith and hearts filled with overflowing expectation. See? 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 What do you see? Giants impossible to overcome or a promised land waiting for its inheritors. Beloved, I believe that's you and me. I believe that we were born for such a time as this. I also want to share real quick to a song that I just heard this morning. This song actually resonated with me deeply back in 2011, so a few years ago. It was when actually the Holy Spirit was coming upon me and my family for the first time in some ways. Yes, we had the deposit, but as Gary talked about, we had this, this influx, this, this new baptism, this fresh touch of the Holy Spirit where there was a significant shift and there was a significant movement in our hearts and our lives and our direction towards God. And this song was released around that time, but I heard it this morning, and it's been a long time since I've heard it. But I want to read a part of it again, and I want to actually read it as a, as a prophetic word to every single one of us this morning, okay? It's called The Anthem, and it's by Jesus Culture. I'm not going to read through the whole thing, just snippets. It says this, I can hear the footsteps of my king. I can hear his heartbeat beckoning. In my darkness, he has set me free, and now I can hear the Spirit calling me. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. His calling is, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. I can hear a holy rumbling. I've begun to preach the king, loosing chains and breaking down the walls. I want to hear the father when he calls. And he's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. For you were born for such a time as this. This is the anthem of our generation. Here we are, God. Shake our nation. All we need is your love. Because you captivate me. And in a bridge at the very end, it says this. It's a declaration. He says, I am royalty. I have destiny. I have been set free. I'm going to shape history.
Love that song. Absolutely love it. And I believe that's exactly what we see in the book of Acts. It is a fruition of time. It is a kairos moment. It is a specific time where God had decided to pour out his spirit. Actually, Jesus sent the spirit to baptize us afresh so that we would know our identity, so that we would walk in our destiny and shape history. And that's you and me. And I really believe this morning, and I want to say this, even during worship this morning with Stuart, did, did such a great job. And I, I spe- specifically that song this morning about I, we need an awakening. Yes, we do. But here's the deal. We need to keep crying out for it. We want to see God's presence manifested. We want to see and hear the very presence of God in our midst. So don't get me wrong. But listen, I think in as much as we continue to pray for that, God is saying, I've given you that by my spirit. Now it's your turn to shine because you were born for such a time as this. And there's some of you this morning that actually need to hear this. I think this word is for everybody, but if, if right now, if your heart and your spirit is resonating, then this is specifically for you. I'm going to say it again. You were born for such a time as this. God has been moving and he's been speaking to you. The Holy Spirit's been shaking some things up in your life over this last period of time. And he's calling you forth to more. It's it's, it's just like we see here in the book of Acts. Jesus, when he was resurrected, it said, the scripture tells us he appeared to 500 people, over about around 500 people, but it was only 120 that said, I'm going to go after what Jesus said to go after. You see, and I think that's what, a little bit of what he's been doing in this season and what he's doing in some of you right now is he's saying, hey, through all of this chaos and everything that's going on, the shakings that have been happening, I'm calling forth a remnant. Yes, I've appeared and I'm calling everybody, the 500, if you will, everybody that's willing to listen, but only 120, the remnant, if you will, stepped in and forward and said, I'm going to wait until God pours out upon me the Spirit. Because it is only by his spirit that I will have an opportunity to step into the destiny that Jesus purchased for me to have. And in that, I will worship and praise his name like never before. And it will actually transform me into the very likeness of Jesus. And so some of you, again, some of you are hearing that. And some of you might be a bit discouraged in that. I kind of hear that even a little bit of tone of what Gary was hearing from the Lord this morning. Don't be discouraged because you were born for such a time as this. Again, it's for all of us. But can you see it? Can you see out of the chaos that's evolving that God is calling us to rise up? He's calling us to bear his name in ways that we've never bore his name before. He's calling us to trust in him like we've never trusted in him before. He's calling us to speak with boldness like we've never spoken before. He's called us to live with a boldness and with an assuredness and a confidence like we've never walked in before. He's called us to shake off the timidity Because he's not given us a spirit of fear or of timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. For those that walk in the spirit will walk that way. It will be seen upon them. And actually it will be seen as we see in the book of Acts. People will not be able to tell if it is you or if it's Jesus. Because they'll look at you and your words will have an authority 
in them. There'll be something about them that penetrates people right to the heart. Again, Acts 2. As soon as Peter gets done preaching, because there's something happening, the Holy Spirit is moving. There's actually a seeing and a hearing going on, and it's starting to grab people's attention. Beloved, do you hear that? There's chaos all around. The devil himself is trying to grab all of the attention in the world right now, shifting narratives and making it about all of these extreme things that are going on, violence, confusion, um, um, fear, all of this stuff. Right, And in the midst of it, he's calling forth and he's saying, no, there's a, there is a people group that I'm rising up in order to speak my narrative. And this is what Peter does. And so we don't need to see and hear all of this news, right, of all of this chaos. What we need is to see this demonstration of the Holy Spirit that makes people wonder, but it grabs their attention. It grabs their attention. And I love this because as we see Peter speaking with a boldness and an authority that he's never spoken with before, uh, it, it says, um, let's see, i got to find it here. Well, uh, I'll find it in a second. But it says that, Peter says to them, what you now see and hear. There was something tangible that they saw and heard. Yes, they, they saw and heard the Holy Spirit speaking in these different languages. Right? Or, or they saw the, the disciples speaking in other languages. It made them scratch their head and go, something strange is going on here. Why can we understand what they're talking about? And then Peter spoke up. And, and here's the deal, guys. Peter didn't plan this sermon. The preparation for this sermon was in the secret place. When he was with one accord with 120 that were saying, I'm going to wait on the Lord until he shows up. And can I say something again real quick? I know I'm kind of all over the place, but hear my heart in this. Because all, these are all these different things that the Lord's been speaking to me. I keep thinking about the, the, this merger, you know, between what God has done with LCF and the journey. And I keep thinking about the timeliness of it. And I keep thinking about uh, Acts chapter 1, when they were in the upper room, verse 14, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. They had a oneness. They had a one accord about them. And I keep thinking about that going, Jesus, why at this time? Why right before the lockdown did you bring these two bodies together? Beloved, because this unity was born for such a time as this. And it's with, it's, with, um, it's with great timeliness and almost the fear of the Lord, if you will, that God has brought us all together for this time. I, I get excited because I think about this. Because if we are truly that bride and if we have a oneness together, putting aside our differences, but with one accord saying, Jesus, what's your heart? And with one accord praying the prayers of weeding and awakening and, and with one mind saying, God, whatever it is that you want, we are in and we want your Holy Spirit to move through us and we want to step into our destinies that you planned so that we will bear witness to Jesus Christ. And then beloved, some explosive things are about to happen. And you need to hear that. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. So back to Peter. 
okay? So Peter was saying, he was, he was full of boldness in Acts chapter two, and he's saying, guys, what you see in his hearing is the fact, it's proven, that Jesus is now resurrected, he's in heaven, because he said he was gonna pour out his spirit. So that is what you are experiencing. And beloved, as Gary just prayed, about every person that's in every different as, um, aspect of society, right? Business, stay at home, education, government, you know, whatever sector you find yourself in, church, whatever it is. That there is a coming together and there is a oneness where the Holy Spirit longs to manifest Jesus through your life in those places. And for you to walk in the boldness and the confidence that he's called you to. Real quick, I just want to key in on one thing here. And it's this. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it is about our words. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm troubled, really, and disturbed when I'm on social media a lot. Um, just because it's just so much noise. There's so much out there. Uh, I really try not to watch the news just enough to kind of know what's going on. Um, and again, same thing with like Facebook and Twitter and things like that. I, I can just get overwhelmed and I can feel the narrative. I can feel the demonic almost oppressing me. And guys, when we feel that, that that's what that is. It's this oppressive spiritual heaviness of a narrative that's weighing the rest of the world down that you and I were not created to carry. For we were born of another world. We were born of a higher dimension, all right? And so, so when I think about this and I look at Peter and I look at the situation that he was in here in Acts chapter two and the boldness with which he spoke and I think about some of the things that the church is saying in this hour and, and I'm including myself in that the things, the conversations that we have or whatever we post on social media. And, and honestly, I'm sitting here scratching my head going, is this what the Lord's saying? Like, is this, is this really what he's saying right now? Because some people say, man, God, God showed me this or God showed me that or, or whatever. And, and, you know, we have to hold those things. We have to test those things. And, and I'm not saying all that's wrong or bad or anything like that. But again, it's, it's that overarching narrative from the world but here's what I long for, and I, hear, I believe this is what the Lord is calling us to, that the Holy Spirit, when he's poured out, is, is supposed to be poured out on all flesh, and he's called us to prophesy. Peter quotes it. We're very familiar with it. In verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 16, he says, but this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. It shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind. Okay, without going into anything right there, did you hear that? Actually, I want you to say this with me at home. I can't hear you, but I want you to say it with me at home. All mankind. Okay, in faith, I believe you just said it. Um, all mankind. Listen, again, with all the, the rhetoric about um, prejudice, race, background, socionomic background, color of skin, uh, even what religion you call, you, you call yourself, all mankind, the Spirit of God, is for. And, it, and it's God's desire to pour out on. Did you hear that? The Spirit of God is the great unifier, okay? The Spirit of God is the great unifier. And this is the heart of God. I will pour forth my Spirit on all mankind. Now listen, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. 
And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Did you catch that? Did you catch all of those different uh, uh, people groups and age groups and all of those things that were just written there? Sons, right? Daughters, young men, old men, bond slaves, men and women. What's he saying? Everyone I have given my spirit to, to do what? To prophesy. Now, for lack of a, a, um, a time, you know, that's for another teaching, but for me, a simple definition of what does it mean to prophesy? It means to speak the words of God. And there's a plethora of ways that we can do that. Simply by, by reading the scripture, we are receiving the words, and when we speak it forth, we're prophesying. Okay, um, other way or more indirect like this, the scripture says like, uh, or no, it's, it's not indirect, it's very direct. Um, it, uh, visions, dreams, impressions, uh, you know, the, the spiritual gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge, those kinds of things that we get from God. When we release those things, we prophesy, okay? But, can, but listen to me now, catch this. With all of the chaos, with all of the verbiage, with all of the narratives, with everybody out there prophesying from their gods, from their thoughts, from their maybe humanism, or from their right wing or left wing, or from whatever side that they are on, they're prophesying an agenda, or they're prophesying a narrative. And when they prophesy, they're trying to speak something into existence. But God is saying, no, 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 listen. I am actually going to enable you, and not just enable you, it's my desire for you to speak on my behalf. And all flesh. Did you hear that? It was so great, just this last week down in Newcastle at, um, at the Center Church down there, um, um, Neil Alexander's son, Ethan, was baptized. Young, young man, beautiful, beautiful. But do we believe that, according to Scripture, that that young man, I can't remember how old Ethan is, I want to say like nine years old or something like that, that he could prophesy? Because the Scripture says he does. And do we believe, and some of you that are sitting there and say, I, I'm, in, I'm in my older age here, I'm in my last season of life, I'm in my 80s or 70s or 90s or whatever. Guess what? You have a word from the Lord. Are you speaking it? Are you waiting on the Holy Spirit to come and rest upon you so that you would speak the word of the Lord? You know, it reminds me of Numbers, of the, at the book of Numbers, a beautiful passage where Moses um, is, is uh, having this interaction with God and God says this. He goes, hey, Moses, I know you're having a hard time managing all the people, so what I want you to do is I want you to call 70 elders together and I'm gonna take the Holy Spirit that has been resting upon you and I'm gonna divide the Holy Spirit, which kind of sounds funny, and, and make that Holy Spirit rest on those 70 people. And he's like, okay, God. And there's, there's some other parts of the story there. So he does that. So they all meet at the tent of meeting. And as they're standing there, um, I think about 68 of them showed up. And the Holy Spirit came on them. God lifted some of the Spirit, which I don't know how that works. And then rested the, on the other men. And it says they began to prophesy. They began to speak the word of God. They began to speak wisdom. Did you hear that? They began to speak with discernment. They began to speak with authority. 
But then what's interesting is, 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 is a couple, there was a young man that, that looked outside of the camp that wasn't there. And there were two other others that should have been with the group, two other elders. And they started prophesying outside of the camp. And then Joshua was like, hey, Moses, hey, what's going on here? These two guys out here, they started prophesying too. What are we going to do about this? And Moses says something very, very interesting. Uh, it's actually very beautiful. Moses says this, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. I believe in that moment what was happening was Moses was actually seeing towards this hour and this day when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Because he said, wait, are you jealous that other people are prophesying for me? Like I'm the only person that should be prophesying? And beloved, let me tell you, I know it's being said over and over again, but we can't say it enough. You, if you are not employed in the church, you are just as viable of a recipient of the Holy Spirit of God to speak the words of God with power, with authority, and with wisdom. And in fact, he has given you an anointing to do that in the very place that he's called you to do it in. Because again, according to Acts chapter 2, it's his desire for you to speak on his behalf. But beloved, let me, hear, let me say this. This is not something we take lightly. This is not something that we take lightly. Because we don't, want, we don't need people going around saying, thus says the Lord this, thus says the Lord that, thus says the Lord that, and, and, and muddy the whole thing. If I can give you one practical word of advice, it's this. Let the word of God come out of a transformed heart that sits in his presence, that beholds the beauty of God. So when the Holy Spirit does come on you, when the anointing does come, when you are put in positions like Peter, and as we journey through the book of Acts, we will see it over and over again. There's people like Stephen, who guess what? He wasn't a pastor. He was just a normal everyday dude. So are pastors, but you know what I mean. Uh, but he was just doing his thing. But it said that in the scripture that he was full of faith and with the Holy Spirit. And God used him to speak powerfully to an oppressive regime. And he was a witness to Jesus. How many of you has God put into positions and places and peoples that are literally an oppressive regime, but he's called you to speak the word of God with authority and with power and humility? But he's also given you that authority and that power to listen and to only speak when he's speaking. Listen to this, and then I'll close. What's our greatest example of this? What's our greatest example of when the Holy Spirit comes on someone and they speak the words of God? Well, it's God himself. It's Jesus. I want to read to you several of these passages all out of the book of John. See if you can hear the repetitive nature. John 5, 19. So Jesus replied, Truly, truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself unless he sees the Father doing it. For whatever the Father does, the Son also does. John 6, 68. Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. John 7, 16. Jesus said, my teaching is not my own. It comes from him who sent me. John 8, 26. But the one who sent me, Jesus said, is truthful. And what I have heard from him, I tell the world. John 8, 28. I do nothing on my own, but speak exactly what the Father has taught me. John 14, 10. 
Do you not believe that I and the Father and the that that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own. Instead, it is the Father dwelling in me, performing his works. John 14, 24. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. The word that you hear is not my own, but it is from the Father. Who sent me? John 14, 31. But I do exactly what the Father has commanded me, Jesus said, so that the world may know that I love the Father. John 17, 8. For I have, Jesus says this to the Father, for I have given, listen to this, this is Jesus talking about you and me. For I have given them the words you gave me, and they have received them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Other passages say things like, we will no longer need teachers because when the anointing comes upon you, the anointing will teach us all things and lead us into all truth. What's the point? The point is this. Even as Jesus walked as the Son of God on earth, The things that he said were only empowered by the Spirit to see and to hear his Father from heaven. And I don't know about you, but we need, I need, the world needs men and women, bond slaves, old men, young men, old women, young women, who are filled with the Spirit of God who are in a relationship with the Father and that actually, just like Jesus, only say what they hear the Father saying and that they only do what they see the Father doing. Because when that happens, Acts chapter 2, verse 37, this is what happens. Now when they heard this, the masses heard this sermon that Peter just preached. They were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise, here it is again, is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out we live in a perverse, crooked generation. But within that perverse, crooked generation, God has called forth a remnant, you and me. If we continually come together with one mind and one heart, pursuing Jesus, our Savior, with reckless abandon, being fully ready to receive and operate under the unforced rhythms of grace in a place of rest, 
willing to say, you know what, I don't have to worry about what to say because I know the Holy Spirit is going to come on me when he has created opportunities like this to happen. And I will then agree, even before it happens, that I will speak with boldness and with confidence. And I will pray for that, just like they did in Acts chapter 4, to say, God, when you put me in these situations, whether it's a, a mom or a dad at home with their kids, when the right opportunity is there, Holy Spirit, come on me so I may speak truth to them. Or maybe it's in a business meeting or a Zoom call meeting with colleagues and they're sitting there and you hear a whisper from the Lord that says, are you listening to what they're really saying? And you know in your heart you need to contact them after the meeting is over and follow up and just pray for them right there over the Zoom call. And maybe for some of you, you are in places of high levels of influence in government and society. And God has positioned you like Daniel's and like Joseph's that have said, you were born for such a time as this. It is your time to speak to the Nebuchadnezzars of the world, to the pharaohs of the world, and to speak with authority, power, and humility what is on the Father's heart. Because when you do, when the word is released, hearts will be pierced. Because it's not your word, it's not my word, it's a word from heaven. And it cuts through all of the demonic rhetoric and goes straight to the heart. Just as the, I think it's Hebrews that says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, sharp enough to penetrate bone and, bone, and, bone and marrow, soul and spirit. Beloved, here's the deal. I don't want to preach another sermon that Aaron comes up with. I don't. And I don't want you just to go through the motions and, and speak words, whatever situation that you find yourself in, that sound good, or the words that you've always used, or the phrases that your parents used, or whatever. I'm not saying those things are bad, but, but, but hear me. We, as the bride of Christ, need to use our authority humbly, enabled by the power and by the Holy Spirit of God to speak into this world, to speak into people's lives, to speak in this culture, to see hearts pierced. That day, 3,000 people. That's amazing. I would love to see that. But what about you? Maybe it's one person. Maybe it's 10 people. I want to pray. And I want to pray for you and I want to pray for me. Because I believe that we were born for such a time as this. And like I said, I don't want to preach another sermon ever again in my life. That was born out of striving. That was born out of, of um, turmoil. Whether it be to one person or thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even a million. No striving. I want to get up and speak what the Holy Spirit is speaking. Because I want his plan, his power to go forth on this world because the word of God does not return void. It will accomplish everything it sets out to. And when I look around, I think there's been a lot of words coming even from the pulpits of the world, whether they be in churches or whether they be in your homes or business or whatever. And the reason we're not seeing the word of God come to fruition is because we're not speaking the word of God. We're speaking words from our soul, from our flesh. And God's saying, oh, but out of the chaos, I have a remnant. And out of the chaos, I don't care it, who it is. If it's a clergyman or a layman. And with that said, I'm going I'm to read this um, final quote and then pray.
John Wesley said this. Many of you guys know a theologian preacher in the first great awakening, which I believe we are on the brink of a third great awakening. He said this, he said, give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not a straw whether they be clergymen or laymen. That's everybody. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. Let me say it one more time. Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not a straw whether they be clergymen or laymen. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. So here's my prayer. Father, we only want to say what you're saying. We only want to do what you're doing. We repent when we speak and we do out of our own power and our own initiative. We repent when we speak and we do out of our own striving. Even when we try to step into our destiny with own striving, God, we repent of that. Because it's by your spirit that we are enlightened into our identity. We lay hold of our destiny that you've planned for us to enjoy because you love us so much as sons and daughters, but also because of your jealousy to see a world come into alignment with your son, Jesus, who's offered freedom for every aspect of their lives. And so God, we ask, would you baptize us afresh? Just like Peter and many other men and women that we will read about in the book of Acts, that in a moment, out of a place of rest, out of a place of being of one accord with a group of people, and may that be so here at the journey, God, that together we would be solely focused, a one-eye focus on you, Jesus, that we may speak and do things with boldness and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may that word never return void, for it will accomplish everything that you have set it out to accomplish. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.